Welcome to episode 7 of The Pocket. This week we have the XFL Megapod. What are we talking about? Just the XFL. It's Madison, it's Parker, and this is The Pocket. Welcome back, finally. Finally. Took us long enough, but we're back. So, just a rundown of everything that's happened. First of all, we had to take a break because school was crazy. And then we actually recorded this podcast, and then the audio went bad. And now, we are currently recording it on our phones just to get content out there this week because we are still working through those technical problems. But we didn't want to leave you two weeks without a podcast. Yeah, we know you'd miss us too much, so here we are. So just to jump right into it, what's your hot take this week? All right, I guess I'll start it off. Um, Here is my hot take. Switching the paper straws is dumb. Now hear me out. We all know that plastic straws, pretty bad or whatever, Plastic waste is not great for the environmento, and that's fine and dandy and all, but here's the thing. Alright, but the fact of the matter is, is that you using a paper straw over a plastic straw or a restaurant, giving out paper straws over plastic straws, gives, makes little to no difference overall. And as far as CO2 emissions go, so like, and then also paper straws are the worst. Like I cannot think of a less structurally like good invention than the paper straw. It gets mushy after one like full cup of water and they just feel weird in your mouth and you're really not affecting the environment that much by not using a plastic straw so you know don't feel bad about using the plastic straw too much that's my take yeah i agree i'm very much against the plastic straw movement i am definitely just not for all that i think paper straws are stupid there are so many people who need actual plastic straws because paper straws don't work for them and metal straws don't work for them and the thought that people want to completely ban plastic straws is just so stupid because my biggest thing with them is that like they're already produced so even if they were banned they're just gonna end up in a landfill anyways so i might as well use them while they're here big time agree with that i'm anti-paper straw i just I use a straw for absolutely everything, and I'm really for those just regular old straws. Carrying on, my hot take is that top sheets are useless on a bed. So the top sheet, so you have your fitted sheet that like hugs the mattress. So your mattress, you know, doesn't get dirty. And then you have your comforter, which mine is like super cute and pink or whatever. And then some people have a sheet that goes in between those two but it just lays there and it is 
literally so useless because it's not giving you any warmth because it's just a sheet most of the time it just gets shoved down to the bottom of your bed i don't understand why they were made and i hate them yeah i agree as somebody who is a very active sleeper mine gets just pushed away within like two nights of it being there it's too much of a hassle plus there's if you have a good comforter like it's essentially just a really big blanket like i don't care enough to have a top sheet exactly since moving to college i've been able to live without a top sheet and it's been glorious it's also less laundry to do it's true yeah so anyways as y'all might know this weekend was the kickoff weekend for the xfl what is the xfl the xfl is kind of like the nfl but it's not minor league football and i'm here for it i'm so so in love with it yeah just spoiler alert we're team xfl over here big time but just to talk about what it is for a second like you said it's kind of like i would agree that it's like a minor league of the nfl it what's the word it's a professional football league and they've put together 10 teams no i'm sorry they've put together eight teams for a 10-week season and a two-week postseason and it's the same basic game of football but there are a few interesting rules and things that have changed. Yes, which initially last podcast we had some of our favorite ones listed out, but then since then we've also seen some of the newer kind of changes that they made. For example, one of the ones that we didn't talk about, which you'll never get to hear, uh, was the addition of microphones being recorded and aired. So whenever the quarterback is um hiking the football you can hear what he's saying uh they also let the um the coach's microphone get aired so you know you can hear their reactions what calls uh what plays they're about to call and then another big thing is you can also hear the referees talking on the field which is huge and probably the most important thing is the review the reviewer for plays is also mic'd up so if a play is under review you get to hear what they're saying and you get to listen to them break down a play which is something that i know nfl fans have been begging for and especially begging for since the nola no call you can hear their thought process Yes, exactly. Pretty much everyone is mic'd up. And in the NFL, you know, sometimes they'll, like, pull a quote off of Drew Brees or off of one of the Mannings or whoever's in the seat that day, and you'll be able to hear this one snippet from this one play. But this one, this game, this league, has all of them hooked up running all the time. And as soon as a player gets off the field after making a big play, a commentator immediately goes over to them and was like, how did you do that? What did that feel like? You get like you get their reactions instantly. It's 
the smartest thing I've ever seen. It's just letting you in on this whole other side of football that I am so here for. I love that we're getting real raw reactions. I love that we're getting inside the coach's head and seeing what they're doing, especially as someone who didn't play sports and especially you know being a woman I'm never going to be on a football field I never have been on a football field getting to hear the inside of like how the coaches think things out how they talk to their players how the players interact with everyone like getting to see the inside of that is just so incredibly interesting to me and then like Parker was saying having a mic in the review booth is a game changer like you said the nfl has been wanting this forever it's like as soon as a foul is called and it goes into the earth plays under review the camera goes into the booth and it has the guy talking through why that call stands or why that call should be reversed it's just so transparent which is what everyone wants to see because we want to know, okay, well, like, why does that stand? Why wasn't that targeting? Why was that targeting? Like, it's just, like I said, so transparent. I just think it's one of the best things about this league so far. And if the NFL can pick up anything from this league, I think it should be that. 100% agree there, which after watching this weekend's games, just all of the other new, just crazy rules um, are, it's really just fun to see it all different and them all go into action. And for the most part, all of them really work. Um, my One of my concerns for the game was that now at the end of the second and fourth quarter, once they hit the two-minute mark, the clock stops after every play. And I thought that that was going to make the game slow, especially if it's just like, you know, a couple of five-second plays, you know, just a couple of up-the-middle drives or something, which it really didn't affect the, like, game length as much as I thought it would, which timing is another big thing that's changed. The shot clock, which is how many uh, seconds in between plays the uh, offense, offensive team has to hike the ball in between the last down is 40 seconds in college and NFL. Now in the XFL, you only have 25 seconds to uh, get your play called out there, which now with the microphones uh, from the coach going directly into the players' helmets, it makes it really easy to just call a play and have them set up and go. So that is another game changer. And then I guess the third thing I'll just kind of categorize that and with timing is timeouts. There are two one-minute timeouts uh, as opposed to the typical three timeouts, which is also something pretty new. So the game is a lot more fast-paced than a normal football game. Yeah, and then they also, the clock doesn't stop for incompletions or out-of-bounds plays outside of those final two minutes. Halftime is only 10 minutes. They've strategically organized this organization so that 
a football game can be played in under three hours because the owner was saying how a game that goes longer than that really is a turnoff unless you're a really big fan of one of the teams playing, which he's right. And so in all of the games this weekend, all four of them, they did that. They played it in under three hours, and I think that it works really well so far. It makes football a lot faster paced, which is what some people want. Uh, I mean, I'm personally good for it because the reason why I like sports like basketball and gymnastics is because there's a lot going on all the time. There's not a whole lot of, you know, downtime in between certain things. Like, you know, in basketball, if a ball goes out of bounds, they're pretty fast to go ahead and toss it back in. Once a goal is made, they're immediately going back down the field or back down the uh, court to – play more basketball that's why I like that stuff so much and football games especially if they go into overtime last a ridiculously long time so this is this can definitely be an appeal and I don't think it would necessarily turn off football fans either like I like football but I'm not discouraged by the fact that it's shorter I like that it's shorter so that's another cool thing is all the timing Mm-hmm. And then one of the big things that we did not get to see this weekend is the new overtime rule. Overtime will basically be a shootout at the end. So each team gets five turns to score a single play from the five-yard line. Most points out of those five turns wins, which I think that's so much smarter. I love the shootout idea. I think it really elevates who has the better offense and defense in the end I think that it makes it a lot more competitive and that's something that I can't wait to see in the future yeah me too something that we did get to see this weekend is the new touchdown rule specifically the new extra point rules after making a touchdown Madison take it away explain it to us so basically in regular college or NFL football, you make a touchdown for six points, and then you kick it through the uprights for that extra point, making it seven. In the XFL, that's different. So you still run it in or pass it in, however, to get your six-point touchdown. And then there's no kicking allowed, and your options are to have a run play from the two, five, or ten-yard line with respective points being one, two, and three. So if you run it in for the six points and you choose to try to make a single play from the 10-yard line and you get it in, you just made a nine-point score on one drive. Um, which, a little side note here, if you don't follow the XFL Twitter account, you need to. They posted a really funny tweet it's kind of hard to describe but basically the gist of the tweet is seven a 17 point lead is still a two score game because you can make nine points and then eight points that's 17 that's only two touchdowns somebody can make two touchdowns and have score 18 points and be up by one it's ridiculous how you know Big, the, how these big gaps don't mean anything anymore, which you know, and I don't know, let's say college football or NFL football, if there's an 18 point lead, you've got to 
bust your butt to uh, catch up, which now in the XFL, that's not a big concern anymore. Exactly, and I think that is huge. And I was a little iffy about it at first, but after watching it this weekend, oh, I love it. I think it's the best. Yeah, no, I'm 100% here for it, and I'm ready to watch more people just, like, attempt for threes. Threes is the wild thing because they're going from the 10-yard line. Um, You know, there's another big rule that uh, is new is kickoff. Oh, yeah. I was having a hard time kind of, like, understanding how kickoff worked until I saw it. And there is a new big foul also associated with kickoff that we got to see during the first day of games, which is cool. So uh, you can explain kickoff real quick. So it's very difficult for me to explain. I'm not going to lie. So if this doesn't make sense, just trust me. Go look it up. It will be worth your while. But basically... So the two teams line up 10 yards from each other, basically one-on-one man. It's not like where the kicking team lines up with the kicker and then the receiving team is all in the field waiting to, like, rush the receiver, if that makes sense. So now the respective players on each team line up within 10 yards of each other essentially facing each other one-on-one and then the kicker kicks the receiver is in the backfield all by himself and the players who are lined up one-on-one cannot move until the receiver has caught the ball and they did this because this way there's less fair catches which they said was getting boring because the NFL, that 60% of kickoffs result in fair catches. I agree and with that there. Fair catches are boring. Exactly. And this is a way to reduce injury, which makes so much sense. And it worked so well because it was just like, it, I mean, it reduced the injuries. Like, you weren't worried about anyone getting hurt. And it still had the opportunity where as soon as he caught that ball, they were close enough to the receiver where if they could – you know, past their one-on-one man, they could get to him and get him down in time. Like, it never really seemed like a problem. The only difference is now the XFL has to recruit really good punters just to make sure that they can kick it far enough in the backfield so that those one-on-one men have time to break through that and then get to the receiver in time, which just makes it an even more athletic game. And the need for a better punter made itself evident in a rule that we didn't quite know existed until I think it was the first football game that was aired. What had happened is the football has to make it a certain distance down the field. I believe it has to cross the other 20-yard line in order for it to be um, a good kick. So let's say he kicks it and it lands on the 25. A flag is thrown. And what we heard is that, you know, hey, it didn't make it far enough. You get moved up to the 45-yard line. Now, here's the thing. It is not the 45-yard line that the that you would think. It is the 45-yard line closest to the end zone that you are trying to make a touchdown in, if that makes sense. It's the opposing team's 45. You're already, if you do not kick it past the 20-yard line, 
the uh, receiving. It might be past the 25. I can't remember. It's either the 20 or the 25. Um, if you don't kick it past whatever yard line it is, you the receiving team gets to move over the 50-yard line to the opposing 45-yard line to make their attempt and start their drive, which is absolutely wild because, you know, and in college and NFL, if you wanted to get any closer than the 25-yard line, you were going to have to run for it and try to get as far as you can. Now you can just cross your fingers and hope that the punter, you know, trips a little bit and doesn't kick it quite as far, and you can be well over halfway to a touchdown. Exactly. It's so wild. I just think that this league is really promoting a new form of athleticism and a new form of competition and i think it's working really well so far everyone is hype xfl twitter is hype um xfl post game in the team locker rooms hype hype. (laughs) um if you haven't seen some of these teams celebrating afterwards um we're talking just straight shotgunning Bud Light Seltzers through their helmets. Like, it's funny as heck. It is super funny. I described it on Twitter that the XFL is what non-Americans think American football is. It really is. We're talking about a high-action sport, a high-scoring sport, just a super insane, fun-to-watch sport, and then at the end, just like... Good old American testosterone getting thrown around. Um, This league is also exciting for one last thing, merchandise. If you have not gone and checked out XFL team merchandise, it is insane. And actually, that kind of reminds me, something that's even cooler than the merchandise are the mascots or the team names. Exactly. Let's get into that. So we'll tie this in. With the rankings, the rankings just dropped about an hour ago while we're recording this. And so, let's just get started. So, like I said, there's eight teams. There's an East and a West. And let's just go ahead and start with the West. So, number one in the West right now is the Houston Roughnecks. The Roughnecks. Yeah, you heard it. I don't even know what a Roughneck is, but that is way cooler than some of the mascots that are floating around out there exactly so they're number one the seattle dragons are number two dragons yeah dragons dragons dallas renegades are number three for all you tiktokers out there and the la wildcats are number four probably number four because their name is lame yeah they i think they have the least fun mascot out of all of them i'm i just really want to know what a roughneck is me too what and apparently a renegade is some kind of like cowboy uh or at least the picture of their renegade is a cowboy literally didn't know what a renegade was until tiktok so there's that information if you ever wanted to know how white she was there's your answer so the roughnecks were the only ones in the west to win their game and after we talk about it, I'll go into how they're doing their ranking so far. But they're the only ones who won in the West so far. So moving on to the East. Number one, we have the New York Guardians. 
Number two, we have the St. Louis Battle Hawks. Number three, we have the D.C. Defenders, my personal favorite team. And number four, we have the Tampa Bay Vipers. Which is my team. And I guess we didn't pick the best teams, but, you know. Okay, but here's how, from what I understand, the standings are going. It's more like NFL where it is based on your resume and not on an opinion like the college football rankings. But it's strictly based on your wins and losses and then based on your touchdown plus and minus. So it takes, you know, who basically whoever has the most wins is the priority. And then, like, currently in the XFL East, one, two, and three all won their game. Four was the only one who didn't. So, out of those three, it took who got the most touchdowns while holding off the most touchdowns. So, the plus and minus is basically like, so, for example, the St. Louis Battle Hawks, they had two touchdowns and the opposing team had zero so their final touchdown plus minus is two for the dc defenders they had four touchdowns in their game but their opponents had three touchdowns in their game so their touchdown plus minus is one and that's why they're below the battle hawks there you go um sounds a little bit confusing it's not too hard to grasp once you kind of like if you can look just trust us go on xfl twitter scroll through it for hours you will find really good memes really good gifts and all the information you really need to know which is all all you can really ask for um but i'm just glad that it's not a room full of boomers watching football games and just saying, yeah, I think Alabama's the best, or yeah, I think Notre Dame should be number three this year. It's, you know, it's not just strictly based off of opinions, which is awesome. That's how a ranking should work, in my mind at least. It should not just reflect somebody's opinion, but should solely just be based off of your skill. And that's how it's working now. Um, Another great thing I will say about the rules, as she was saying on Twitter, um, the opening weekend was really good about displaying the rules as they were going along, which is super helpful because you know there's a lot of changes from just traditional football rules exactly and you could even see that these refs were trying really hard to make sure they weren't missing anything like the calls after there was a foul it would be a pretty long pause before the referees like actually said what happened like you could tell that everyone was like you know crossing their t's dotting their eyes making sure everything was going right all the commentators were, like, giving you all these fun facts about it. Like, you have to look at it from the point, like, it wasn't, you know, perfect. There was a lot of, like, slow videography. The camera angles weren't the best. The referees took a really long time. Sometimes there was a lag in what the commentators had to say. But the players, the coaches, the commentators, the referees, this is the first time they've ever done it. You can't be like, 
oh, well, all of this was trash because all of that was so bad. Well, like, it's not the NFL. It is a brand new league. And this is the very first, it's not the first of the season. It is the very first time that this has ever happened. And I think all of that considered, they did a phenomenal job. I agree. I mean, despite some of just, like, the bad, I don't know, production, it was still insanely entertaining to watch. And the fact that they were teaching you the rules as you went along. And um, that you were hearing the coaches and the quarterbacks and all the players, like, talk amongst themselves, like, in between plays and stuff. Insanely awesome. Um... All I can say is, I am so excited for week two. I am so excited. Listen, y'all have to trust us. If you didn't watch it, either plan to watch it this weekend or go on the Twitter. I've been sitting here scrolling through Twitter like while I'm recording this just to see like what I can talk about. And there's a million things that I could talk about right now, and I just don't have the time. Just They put basically every highlight you need to know, all of the really good interviews that they did like it's just if you don't want to watch it you're like oh no that's boring whatever like i'm not gonna waste my saturday doing that just at least please go on their twitter i'm promoting the heck out of their twitter this is not mad hashtag not sponsored (laughs) i wish but just trust me and like look at some of these highlights and i just think it's a really good place for these men to go to continue this career like it really just shows what a passion for the sport that these men have over the fact that they you know I think what I heard from ESPN Daily's podcast is that they're making anywhere from 50 to 55,000 which like yeah that's livable but that's not like that's not what your wife wants you to bring home that's not going to support your wife and two kids like it's just not and these families are giving that up so that these men can go out there and do this game that they're so incredibly passionate about and the fact that they want to be part of this brand new league is just like i just think that it's so cool i'm so glad that i'm here to like watch it i'm just really excited and obviously The issue in the past has been this isn't the first time the XFL has tried to take off. They tried it, like, way back in the early 2000s, like 2001, yeah. Um, And then last year, I can never remember the name of the league, but there was another minor league. The American Atlantic, I don't know. I mean, I know Birmingham had a team, the Birmingham Irons. I think they were undefeated, but it was just so mundane that the season didn't even finish before the league went bankrupt but here's the thing i think people are genuinely i don't think we're the only people who are genuinely excited for the xfl here's why all of the games that they showed we're not talking about like sold out arenas but there was a decent turnout we're talking about thousands of people each game and when I was when I was talking about the merch earlier, uh, which first of all, all of the XFL merch looks fire. By the way, just gotta say, um, everybody at those games they they bought like sweatshirts and t-shirts and hats. And if you go onto the website, there's stuff that's sold out, sizes of shirts that are sold out, hats, everything. Like people are getting into this. Like I really. I I hope this isn't just, you know, hopeful optimism, but 
I really see this just taking off in a big way because it's just so different. It's so new. Everybody likes the transparency. Everybody likes the Twitter. Like, everything about this. Besides, you know, there's some learning curves. This is exciting. Like, I don't see this flopping in a spectacular fashion like it has twice before. This is the year of XFL. Exactly. When we recorded this podcast last week and we were talking about it, I was like, you know, I think that this time, because there's actual capital put into it, I think it's going to last a whole season. Like, they're not going to go bankrupt or anything, but I'm sure it's going to be over after that. But after week one, I'm really optimistic optimistic that this might be the real deal. Like, this might be the one that sticks, and I hope that it is yeah everybody's talking about it you go on instagram you go on to twitter um big athletes you know other corporations people like barstool and old row are you know making you know instagram posts and stuff about it like we are not the only people paying attention to the xfl and it's pretty obvious to see that this has got some real backing like Unlike, you know, the past couple of times that this has been tried out. Like, this this is going to be the real deal. And, yeah, I'm excited for it. And weekend two of sports, of uh, XFL gameplay is coming up. And, yeah, don't be surprised if we just keep talking about it throughout the season. Completely. Well, I think that... About wraps up all of our XFL talk for the day. Baseball does start this weekend, so next week we'll be coming at you with some of that fresh baseball content. But I think that's all we got for you today. Thank you for bearing with us while we've been going through these technical difficulties and getting the podcast up a week late. We just appreciate everything and all the responses that we've been getting. And what I want is I want to hear everyone's opinions on the XFL. So please, 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 please go DM at the Pocket Sports and let me know what you think. Let me know who your favorite team is. Let me know if you hate it so I can tell you why you shouldn't. Like, please, I just want to hear what y'all have to say about this league. Yes, we will be looking forward to your uh, thoughts and opinions on this. Hope you guys are liking it as much as we are. But until next week, uh, this has been Episode 7 of The Pocket. All right, bye. Bye-bye.